All right, it is all mental. What's up, everyone? This is Marissa Johnson, and welcome to Tournament Talk. Today, I have a very special guest with me today. Um, is one of my friends that I actually met out in California when I was out on a tournament, and we uh, we made friends. Well enemies I guess I was kind of giving him a hard time when I was uh, playing tennis with his team um but we're totally best buds now as you can see as he is a guest on my podcast but um we have Nick Schindler um and I'm just gonna read his little bio we got here so he's the current head coach for the men's and women's tennis University of St. Catherine he's a former division one assistant coach and a current certified strength and conditioning specialist who is also a kinesiology professor. So that's like so amazing. And (laughs) so his uh, quote that he wanted to use today was, it's all mental. So Nick, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about that. What is it's all mental all about? Yeah, Marissa, thanks for that introduction. I guess hearing all that makes it sound, or makes me sound a little bit more uh, professional than maybe I, I like to consider myself. Um, you know, it's all mental is, is definitely something that I've come to, I guess, throughout life, but I'd say so more in the last six years. This is my sixth year as a college tennis coach, which is crazy because time's just flying. Um, and, you know, a lot of that, it's all mental, is just kind of come from an understanding of life. Um, you know, so much of what we do in everyday life, the situations that we face, all that kind of stuff, um, is so much reliant on how we approach a situation or, you know, adversity or overcome it. Um, and it's not so much about the situation itself. It's more so about how we approach it. So, you know, throughout the course of my college career as an athlete and also as a coach now, I've kind of embodied that because there's so many times where I'm sitting there you know, whether it be after a tough loss or a great win or you know, a gym session or whatever it was, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just lacking the motivation right now. What? Why am I lacking this ability to want to continue or want to push harder? Um, and the only real answer is, well, you just don't want to do it. And that starts from within. Um, so I start playing around with that for the longest time. And, you know, here it's become one of my mantras with all my teams and, you know, maybe even too many, too many of my families and friends hear me say it, but that's just the reality for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's honestly a great mantra. Um, and I'm totally 100% believer in that too. Um, but you, uh, were telling me before you started tennis a little later in life, right? I did. So I started tennis at the age of 13, um, which when I tell people that, they kind of wonder why I picked up such a technically advanced sport at the age of 13. Um, my dad played soccer. He played professional soccer growing up. Um, and so I played soccer as well as a kid. And then basically just got to a point where he knows, ah, I don't really want to play soccer. Dad and I were biting heads from a young age. Um, and so naturally, my mom played recreational tennis. And she goes, hey, use the tennis racket. Give it a try. Um, and I hated the game. I honestly, I kind of pulled like what? an Andre Agassi mentality. Yeah, I just no way. Uh, I absolutely, I, I hated the game. I thought it was so simplistic and so boring. Um, but of course, everyone who touches a racket for the first time, they they suck at tennis because it's the exact opposite, right? Yeah, that was um, me. <laughs> and so I, you know, I just hated the, I hated the sport, and I thought it was so easy, and it turned out that it wasn't. And then I started losing when I started to play with my friends or whoever it was, and I thought to myself, "Gosh, this thing is so dumb." And I'm bad at it. So I, you know, it, it, I, I think that's probably where I started the it's all mental thing. You know what? 
this around. I got to either change my perspective on the game or I got to really put in the work to get better at this thing because it was so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had a late start compared to most of my peers growing up. Yeah, I had a, well, people that have been listening to my podcast know I started when I was like 10, which is a little sooner, but for me, it, it was uh, a lot of catching up because, well, you're, you're a son of a professional athlete and my parents weren't professional athletes, but I do know a lot of that, you know, comes easily to some, but for me, it was like, (laughs) I hear you. I trust me. I know exactly what that's like. I, I, you know, um, just kind of looking back over my life, I guess, you know, when I was 13, 13, like 16, you know, probably an element of trying to play catch up with all these guys who've been playing since they were three years old or whatever it was, I just had this big chip on my shoulder. Um, and I was, I was a pretty bad student growing up. You know, I never really took school seriously. Um, and then it was about my junior year in high school. Uh, my high school chemistry teacher came up to me and basically said, what are you doing with your life? And you ask a 16-year-old what he's doing with his life. Wow. The, yeah, the reasonable answer is going to be, I don't know, playing video games, playing sports, and hanging out with buddies, right? Right. Um, but he just told me, he came to me and said, you know, if you just, if you tried a little bit harder in school, uh, and you just kind of change, change the way you think about yourself, uh, you'd probably be able to go get like a scholarship and play in, uh, play in college and they'd pay you to go and do all the like knucklehead stuff you want to do, like hang out with your friends and party and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it was just like the biggest eye opener. It was like, wait, who's going to pay me? They're, they're going to pay me to go party and hang out with my friends and play sports? And he pitched it to, you know, he pitched it in such a perfect way to an immature 16-year-old boy right. that it just, it changed it changed that mentality of, like, hey, you know what, maybe maybe if I do try a little bit harder in school, maybe if I kind of shift gears and don't tell myself that I'm just destined to be this bad student, maybe it'll kind of turn around for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure enough, you know, with that... With that talk it was probably the beginning, the beginning of what what's now transpired to be, you know, after a master's degree and all that kind of stuff and college coaching. So it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> so you, sorry, did you play? You played college tennis as well. Yeah, so I uh, went to Westmont College from 2010 to 2014, um, small NAIA school in Santa Barbara, and um, yeah, that's where I spent all four years playing college tennis before I graduated in 2014. Now, when you made this mental shift at age 16, did did everything else from that point just become a little bit easier for you and you were just all like, it's all mental, it's all mental, like, or, or were there some experiences that you had in college that were just like, you know, that really just made it's all mental your mantra? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It's funny because it wasn't like this pivotal moment where life itself just turned around I think it was just enough to get me into college and then when I got to college I think I kind of hit the cruise control button or like the relax button because then you know my grades flipped again when I was in college you know like maybe like most people you know you're in a new place all that kind of stuff but it definitely the it's all mental didn't come into fruition I think until probably after college I think I just saw traces of that mentality in my and your control with the mentality really start to show at a younger age, but I didn't really give it, you know, I didn't put in the spotlight until after school. Um, but college, you know, I, I was actually actually uh, ineligible my freshman year, which was tough and also upsetting. So I think, you know, I, I talk to my athletes now because back then I was so mad at teachers or my coach or whoever, you know, everyone else could get the blame other than me, you know, 18 year old boys never wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I 
tell all my students, my athletes now, I said, you know, it's all mental. And a lot of them approach me with, Coach, it's not all mental. Like, if I if I break my hand, which actually, I, the reason I bring this up is I broke my hand when I was 18. Um, and I had a bunch of scholarship offers start to get pulled away from schools that I really wanted to go to mm-hmm. because of my broken hand. I wasn't able to play junior tournaments. I wasn't able to maintain my ranking. Um, so that obviously had a huge effect on my mentality. But I, you know, I tell athletes all the time, it's all mental. And they come back with, well, coach, if I break my hand, it's, it's all physical. It's not mental. Um, and I laugh because, you know, I kind of have this experience now. Where I say, actually, no, it's, it's still 100% all mental. Well, yes, you broke your hand, right? Life happened. Um, yep. But life, life continues to happen at a constant rate after that event. And that's where the mentality comes into play. You know, obviously, breaking your hand, there's a physical component to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but your your response to that, your, your reaction, yes. how you decide to really plan and map out your next step, that's where your mentality comes into play. Um, and I think that's, that's where the it's all mental comes out is, you know, you can sit and cry and be upset about a broken hand or you can control what you can control and then put an action or put a plan into action and see what you can get from there. So uh, I wouldn't say there's it was a pivotal moment or anything like that. I'd say it's just over the course of growing up. I Looking back now, probably being, you know, 15, 10 years senior, I'm thinking, holy crap, I had this idea, but I, I never really knew what it was until somebody or something kind of said, hey, you kind of you're kind of pushing through all this stuff without giving it too much credit. And I was like, yeah, because it's all mental. You know, you just got to put your head down and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I know a lot of players can relate to that, um, you know, injuries and just like, you know, a lot of things that happen physically and they think, you know, oh, well, it's not, you're right, it's not all mental. But then at the same time, it is 100% mental. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've dealt with things just the same, so... So then, um, so you're going through college, uh, any success stories? Are you like, uh, top of your game in college and then you're playing or you're, uh, wanting to coach college right after cause you loved college tennis so much or how did you get into college coaching? Um, you know, my junior year, we got to, we went to the national championships for the NAI all four years in college. So I was, I was blessed enough to be surrounded by just phenomenal teammates. Nice. Um, and so all these guys, you know, they were all a step in a, you know, a step above me as it relates to level, mental strength, just skill set. Um, so our junior year, we got to number four in the nation in the NAIA. We went on a tear at the national championship, semifinalists. Uh, actually, lost to the team that won it all. And I thought to myself, you know, this is this is one hell of a rush. Like what a what a sweet opportunity we all have here. There's so few people that get to play even at a national championship, let alone you know, become the fourth ranked team in the country or anything like that. And I told myself, I don't really want it to end. You know, I kind of, I know eventually it's going to have to end as a player, but I want to, I want to stay in this atmosphere of competition and drive and desire and just kind of keep pushing through all these things. Um, so I think by the time when my senior year set in and I realized, oh crap, this is it. This is like the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I told myself while I was already a senior that I had to start looking for volunteer assistant coaching jobs or any way that I could stay involved in college tennis to maintain that kind of atmosphere. Um, and lucky enough, uh, Peter Matera, who's a good friend of mine now, uh, he gave me a shot at San Diego State right after I graduated and just never really left college coaching since. I was a uh, strength conditioning coach for them, also helping them on court with the women's team. Um, and then it just kind of doors opened as that, you know, as that path kind of unfolded in front of me and it all worked out. That's awesome. I love that. And I know 
the college atmosphere is just so much more intense, you know, it's like, it's, it's sure is a blessing to be a part of for sure. Um, so I got one more question for you. I'm actually requesting, uh, maybe, um, is there a story or experience that you have from college coaching that just really takes the cake over anything? Like maybe it has something to do with your athletes or maybe something that you share from yourself. Um, is there something that just a wowzer that you're like, whoa, this is really, it's all mental here. That is a tough question, but I'm, I'm thinking like, you probably have all these experiences. You got all these athletes. You're like, what do you, what's your go-to story your, or your go-to experience? See, that's so difficult because uh, as I'm thinking, I'm sitting here, I have a couple from a couple of years ago. We actually, we just had one recently that sticks out and kind of overshadows the rest of them just because it's so fresh in my mind. Do that Uh, one, do that one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I, so last year was obviously my first year. I made both programs at University of St. Catherine from scratch. I basically went to my athletic director and I said, hey, do you guys want a tennis team? You got all the other sports teams. I'd be happy to make two tennis teams. I got the job in June. And by August, we recruited two full teams. And here I am in my second year. Um, and our guys team this year is just, we have 13 guys on the team, which is a lot of, a lot of my colleagues I talk to, they say, why do you have 13 guys? That's a lot of guys on one team. Um, it just kind of panned out that way. Uh, and, you know, basically in this second year of competition, we've had, we're off to the best start that we've ever had. You know, last year was kind of tough being our first year. Um, and our first match ever that we recorded in program history as a win was actually against the 13th ranked team, which is also happened to be our crosstown rival. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, exciting win. But what I think made that win even more exciting is the, the play. You know, we were down 3-0 at one point. Um, and I had kind of come across a lot of my players, and I asked them, you know, how are they feeling uh, on changeovers and whatnot, and the response I was getting from this team was just, we're fine, coach, like, we're good, like, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out kind of thing, um, which made, I don't know if it stressed me out more, or made me a little bit more at ease, um, but the, we eventually got to 3-3, we won three matches in a row, we're at 3-3, we're tied, and my freshman who, um, I'll leave him unnamed for now. I don't know if he wants to be named, but um, I guess people can look it up online. Uh, he's looking to play. He's looking to clinch the match for us. And about two months prior, he comes to practice and he goes, Coach, I want to show you something. And I said, okay, what do you want to show me? And he shows me this tattoo he just got on his bicep, on his arm. And I'm looking at the mantra, it's all mental, tattooed on his arm. And I'm thinking to myself, your dad's going to kill me. <laughs> I get a phone call. I, this is so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my job. Like, somebody's going to complain to higher-ups. This is just going to blow back in my face. Um, and he, you know, I asked him, I said, Christian, why in the world? Oh, there I go to saying his name. I said, why in the world would you ever get that tattooed on you? And he says, Coach, it's the perfect reminder. And sure enough, he clinches the match for us. We win 4-3 against the 13th-ranked team in the country. Um and he comes off the court, he celebrates with his teammates, and he said, Coach, I told you, it's all mental. And I just, you know, emotional response for me, I just kind of lose it. It's just this, you know, overjoyed moment for, I guess, the whole team and myself. Um, and here I am finding myself just reliving it again. Mm-hmm. But that, I think I think that would be, you know, that not only the win that makes it sweet, but for a player like that to feel so strongly about something that I've looked to, really help to instill in these guys and girls and just show them that, you know, life's going to kick you in the gut. 
Um, but it's so much more than that. So much more than just the X's and the O's. It's more so about how are you going to respond. Um, and to see him not only have that tattooed on him, but then to come off the court and feel so adamant about that saying and still kind of want to relive it day in and day out. Uh, I think that's just the sweetest thing. I think it's just like the best gift any college coach can get. Or any, I guess maybe any person can get. Um, so that's probably, that'd be, that'd be the story I'd go with. Nice. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of amazing experiences. I wish you could, we had all the time in the world to share everything, but, um, is there any, any last statement or words you'd like to say to the audience listening? If maybe they're going through, uh, some tough times and, and their mentality is shot right now, um, uh, just a great piece of advice that you might say to those players right now that are just kind of losing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, in my experience, it's just, it's so much more focusing on what you can control than what you can't. And I know it's so easy to say, especially when you're not in the, in the low parts of your life. Um, but I think the con- the best reminders I've had from some of the best mentors have been coached. Full to change that. Um, I think that's probably the best piece of you know advice I can give any player, coach, or whoever, and just to focus on those things. And obviously, um, I kind of tell myself that I'm I'm a people's person, and so if anyone ever needs to contact me or reach out to me, I you know I'd love to talk shop and talk mental strength and mentality and stuff like that because you know I'm, I'm not perfect, and I would love to hear any kind of advice and insight that other people have. So, uh, but that'd be it. You know, just stay on top of your game and. Uh, just understand that you're you're in control. You're totally in control, and it's just a matter of taking that first step. Everything else will follow. I love it. I'm uh, kind of bummed I just got an incoming call. Like, I missed the second sentence, and I feel like it was the clincher. <laughs> um, was there uh, – can you repeat maybe if you remember even? You, you said uh, – gosh, you said – just start start one more time. I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna edit that. Yes, totally fine. Uh, you know, it's just it's my my number one piece of advice is just remember that that you're in control. You know, it starts with you, it ends with you. Uh, even when life gets you down, and it's just kind of one of those tough moments. You know, the first step is definitely the toughest. But if you can ask yourself in a situation where you're feeling low, okay, now what? You know, where where do I start? What's my what's my number one step? Um, I think that's understanding the fact that you're in control can definitely give you back that that strength that kind of feeling of um of self-empowerment um and i think that's the first step to changing your mentality is understanding that you know it's it's okay to be down in the dumps but you know it's it's up to you and you you're capable of doing it. as long as there's air in your lungs right it's, <laughs> it's a good day um so I, yeah i think just for anyone anyone who's out there who's looking to get a little bit mentally stronger just understand it starts and ends with you and anything's possible Perfect. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry about that. Um, goodness. So thank you so much. Um, I guess, um, I'll tell the followers that they can follow, uh, your journey on maybe your college team's website, or do you have a social media that you want to shout out? Yeah. I mean, I have my personal social media that has, you know, it gets, it gets traffic from the USK pages and stuff like that. And that's just N as in my name, Nick, and then the last name Schindler which is S-Z-Y-N-D-L-A-R. Um, and then they can obviously follow us and all the team successes at USK underscore tennis. Perfect. All right. Well, I am going to um, close up and to just 
love that. I love your stories. I love Elva's reminder on just it's all mental and what a great message. I'm going to shut this down, but also remind everyone that they can um, share this podcast with anyone they feel is needing it and to not forget to follow both of us. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode of Tournament Talk.